Welcome to another very special episode of Vanilla Weiss and the Nostalgic Nerds. And with us today, we've got a very special newcomer along with a returning guest, um, the executive producer of this podcast, my man Danny Cooksey, who y'all might remember as the cute little adorable Sam McKinney from Different Strokes, along with um, the great Bobby Budnick, the redheaded bully from Salute Your Shorts, Montana Max, Tiny Tunes, and of course, who could forget the one who saved John Connor's ass in Terminator 2 by not ratting him out. Thank you for joining us again, Danny. Yo, what up, mate? And we've got with us today a newcomer, a famous DJ out in Phoenix, Arizona, one of my best friends from college. His name's Dave Eisen. He also has various different stage names, DJ Dave, DJ Circuit, and he'll tell you some more. Thank you for joining us today, David Eisen. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Just, uh... Waking up and feeding my dogs in Arizona. We don't do the whole uh, daylight savings time thing here. So uh, we're, we're in a different time zone than literally everyone in the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think they could just figure this thing out once and for all? Right. But you don't ever have to change your, uh, your, your time, though. You're always that way. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, no, we, never, we never change, ever. So... <laughs> But yeah, so Dave, you grew up in the 90s too, so um, did you follow any of Danny's work growing up? Like, were you a fan of Salute Your Shorts, or were you a fan of um, Tiny Toons, or Hey Arnold? I was definitely a fan of Salute Your Shorts and Hey Arnold, and I watched Tiny Toons, but I think that I was too, I, I you know, I... I, I remember Tiny Toons, I, and I remember watching it. I just don't remember it in detail. I think that it was, uh, I think it was because it was, uh, you know, uh, a little bit before the age when I actually started remembering things properly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't remember Danny as um, the spoiled rich kid, Montana Max, the one who basically. Re- will we'll remind you of so many people we knew back in our college days? Uh, from uh, for, uh, yes, yes, I, I have I have seen that. Yeah, that 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 that, that, that that's a that, that's a fun one. That's a fun one, and uh, it definitely uh, is reminiscent. Let's hear about your wild college days. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Well. Um. Let's see. I don't know really where to begin, other than uh, it kind of uh, stopped with uh, uh, when I, uh, you know, had uh, strippers living with me, and I was uh, getting death threats by their ex-boyfriends. So that's kind of where where it ended. <laughs> nice. Any, any death any death threats uh, in college, Dan? Dan? Um, thankfully, not quite to that level, but. Definitely had a lot of crazies um, back in my day, including, um, what's it called, this one guy who actually, at this one party I threw back in 2006, 
decided he didn't have enough to drink when we were out of alcohol. So he rummages through my fridge and pulls out the first thing he thought was alcohol in it. He takes a swig. It turned out to be Dave's fog machine fluid for his DJ turntables. Oh, wow. <laughs> actually, yeah, he, he drank like half the bottle, but he was he was confused because it wasn't actually in the fridge. It was just on the table, but he thought that it was alcohol. <laughs> yeah. That, that probably didn't go well. No, no, it didn't. He ended up passing out on the couch, and uh, people ended up uh, shaving his eyebrows and then penciling in his shaved eyebrows with permanent marker um, t to make him fake eyebrows and then drawing penises all over his uh, face. As, as, as you should. <laughs> well, it, the, uh, we took pictures, and the pictures actually ended up on this website that was really popular at the time called collegehumor.com. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So how long? How long, how long uh, have you been DJing? Uh, I've been DJing since I was 13 years old, um, and uh, now I am 35. But just in the last maybe four years, I've really kind of uh, gotten to the point where I've kind of uh, ideally wanted to at least start um, as a foundation. I. Uh, you know, I started with hip-hop DJing and, uh, you know, carrying vinyl records around when I was in high school. Um, I grew up in Washington, D.C., so I, um, you know, I would carry them on the metro uh, back and forth from my house to friends' houses to parties and back. And uh, that was a pain in the ass, and uh, I do not miss that, uh, the, the whole carrying of vinyl records and then melting in my car and you know, just everything to, you know, do with uh, caring for vinyl records, it sucks. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was the guy with the truck in my friend group, and I had a friend, one of my friends was a DJ, so I, I've schlepped many a milk carton of, of vinyl in my day. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's definitely not a, uh, I don't know, I, I definitely don't miss it. A lot of people, you know, are reminiscent um, about um, you know, and, and, and miss that sort of thing. I, I don't, I, uh, I definitely, I, I, I embrace technology and I like the fact that I can have everything around my neck now on a jump drive. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. I remember that photo on collegehumor.com is actually how, um, that guy found out who shaved his eyebrow because <laughs> <laughs> he was a, yeah, that guy woke up the next morning. The guy had a really bad temper. He, like, comes out of the bathroom, and he points to all the shit drawn on him. He's like, this shit washes off, and then points to his where his eyebrow was. He's like, this doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah. You just got to give it time. Yeah, yeah, not, 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 not for a couple weeks, and... I'm sure everyone noticed, especially, yeah, I, 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 I kind of feel bad about the situation now just because in looking back on it, I mean, he didn't have a car and, you know, he, he had to, you know, ride a bike around. So, you know, I mean, he probably uh, had a really hard time getting work, especially since one eyebrow was shaved and the other one wasn't. People probably looked at him and, and wondered what the hell. <laughs> Well, and then he eventually, when I saw him, like, less than a week later, 
He's like, um, the guy who actually shaved his eyebrow was a gay guy in this guy. Eric goes, yeah, a fucking gay guy took my eyebrow. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, I saw the picture online. <laughs> oh, you mean of him actually shaving the eyebrow? A picture of him actually shaving Eric's eyebrow. Yeah, the picture of Carrie with the razor in his hands getting ready to <laughs> shave it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was uh, that was definitely an interesting experience. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess uh, some other memorable, uh, crazy moments in, uh, in college, let me think. I... Uh, um, something that, uh, you know, Dan wasn't there for, I, uh, I did, I, I ran over an alligator on Alligator Alley. Um, that was, uh, very interesting in my minivan. It totally messed up the front of my car. That was, uh, you know, because... For the, for the vehicle. Yeah, well, I, I'm sorry, what? So I bet that would not be good for the vehicle. No, definitely not. No, it, um, it totally messed up the uh, front of the car, and, um... I had to get a tow out of there um, after I drove for about 30 more miles, and then I stopped, and I, because I needed first, at first I needed to get away from the alligator because I ran it over, and it had a smushed head, but it was still moving around, and it was like three in the morning, <laughs> and um, that's that's how I ran it over. I couldn't, you know, basically see on the road very well, and um, all of a sudden I, you know heard this and uh i uh pulled over to the side saw the alligator saw i had run it over saw that it was still you know moving around um except it kind of had a smushed head at that point and my car was messed up but i didn't really pay attention to that because i wanted to get the hell away from the alligator so i got back to my car drove about another 30 miles and then i actually got out to inspect the damage and that's when i saw that my bumper was scraping against my front tire. So <laughs> I uh, decided to hang out there and call a tow. And uh, that was very expensive and very time consuming. Um, but uh, the moral of that story is uh, do not drive intoxicated at three in the morning uh, uh, on Alligator Alley when it's foggy, when you're trying to make it back for your uh finals the next day for college that is the moral of that story it's <laughs> like a good creep it's like a good it's, it's a solid plan yes yes uh, yeah it's a solid a solid plan of what not to do <laughs> yeah we definitely knew quite a few problem drinkers like in terms of people who love to drink i'll never forget we were having like a one-year anniversary um, ceremony one night in Dave's apartment for this good friend of ours who passed. And one of our guests who was there to attend him, he used that event as an excuse to pretty much take all the alcohol that was in Dave's fridge. I didn't even remember that. What, what was that? Who was that? That was Miles. <laughs> I remember basically he used that that event is an excuse to get shit-faced. Like, he immediately started rummaging through all your alcohol and just kept on taking bottle after bottle. And Jesus Christ, I, I, I don't even remember that, but I believe it. 
Yeah, I was like, Tim, I'm like, dude, we're here to celebrate somebody's life. We're not here to have, like, a keg party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, rest in peace, Leon. That was uh, definitely a sad, uh, sad time. I actually ended up uh, going to Caracas to, uh, to, to go to his funeral and, uh, you know, pay my respects uh, in uh, Venezuela. That was a uh, that was an experience that was definitely uh, you know very unique, um, just because obviously I'd never been to Venezuela before, and uh, I think that you know if I tried to go to Venezuela right now, I probably wouldn't even be able to go. And if I was able to go, I'd probably get torn apart. So I'm glad that you know um, obviously I'm glad that I don't live there, and uh, you know it just makes me grateful to. Uh, to honestly be a U.S. citizen, even though it's not amazing, it's uh, definitely a lot better than other places. <laughs> yeah, we really take for granted. I feel like we talk about how terrible America is, and then once we go somewhere where they have it much worse, we realize that we're actually living in luxury in comparison. hundred percent. I remember when I went down there, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, out of the airport, the taxi drivers would drive 90 miles an hour uh, to your destination so that they wouldn't get pulled over and uh, hijacked and robbed on the side of the road um, because I guess the theory is if you drive fast enough, then someone's less inclined to try to stop your vehicle because, you know, it could cause a deadly crash. I, I guess that's the theory with that. Um, also, you know, the taxi drivers also all carried automatic weapons. So that's... Uh, definitely something that uh you know and just in plain sight and so that's definitely uh, a little bit different than uh here in america <laughs> <laughs> so danny you've traveled a lot overseas right i've been yeah i've been to i've been to a few different countries yeah danny um was in canada for filming an are you afraid of the dark episode and the trip is the one thing he remembers about being on that show he doesn't remember the episode. He doesn't remember his character, but he remembers how great of a trip he had. Oh, that's awesome. It's food in Montreal. That's very cool. I had to fill him in with everything about the episode. I had to tell him who his character was, what his character's name was, and everything. I used to love that show. I uh, It also used to really freak me out. I... Uh... I have a love-hate relationship with that show, or, <laughs> um, uh, where you know I I love to watch it, but then I would uh, be paranoid for about five days after watching it. <laughs> Do you remember the episode Danny was in? It was the one about the Egyptian curse, where if the brother and sister were Danny decides to bring the mummy, well, doesn't decide, but accidentally brings the mummy to life. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was a genius who brought the mummy to life. <laughs> that is very That's, cool. You know, if you're a kid, you know, you find a mummy, you bring it to life. I mean, let's let's be honest. That's the logical thing to do, right? <laughs> <clears throat> I um, yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, what do you What are you guys up to today? I'm uh, getting ready in Arizona. I'm headlining a gig uh, tonight in. Mesa, and uh, so I'm just kind of, kind of collecting tunes and getting ready for that. And um, 
should be a lot of fun. It's a cyberpunk party, so oh, that's should nice. be, uh, yeah, it should be fun. <laughs> yeah. So you've DJed for like you know obviously you've been DJing for a long time. Musically, uh, I, I would. I guess back in like you know the, like early well like early hip hop days, I, I, I thought it was fantastic. I'm not a big fan of the current state of music <laughs> that you would that you would play, you know, as a DJ today. Gotcha. And how did like how do you how do you wrap your head around that? Well, um, I um, I mean I, I have uh, so I have two different companies. I have one company that. Um, you know, I've always been uh, I've always been a big raver, so um, I've uh, I, I'm uh, I have a have a LLC for my group, Not Your Shadow, and uh, that is my group that I produce music under. And uh, I, uh, you know, I've played Ultra Music Festival 2019. I've played Forbidden Kingdom at, uh, Music Festival 2019. Um, I've played, um, it, you know, I I've played. Uh, lots of festivals here in Arizona. Um, I've, uh, played, um, you know, I've played a little bit overseas in, uh, London. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of pushing and expanding where I can, when I can. Um, yeah. so I, um, uh, I produce future bass music and, uh, I do that under the name, not your shadow. Um, and then, uh, in terms of uh, everything else, honestly, a lot of the money is made uh, by doing uh, open format DJing, which is everything else. And I am really not a fan of, uh, you know, um, some of what I have to play. But honestly, kind of being a DJ, you just have to kind of listen to everything and kind of absorb it because you have to know your music. And so you just kind of get used to it. And, uh, <laughs> some of it is really, really terrible, but, um, you know, a lot of it is okay. And what I've kind of learned over time is that music recycles itself about every 10 years. And so, um, you know, if I look at music from 10 years ago or 10 years before that, it's, it, it's generally pretty similar at some point in that 10 year period. So, um, at least elements of it. Yeah. But yeah, Danny's band was called Bad for Good. Um, you guys were a rock band, right? Yeah, it was like it was like a metal. It's like a metal, like you know, well, not metal, metal. But it was, yeah, it was like a rock thing. That's dope. But uh, yeah, it's funny. It's like it's like uh, I, I feel bad for like the poor, you know, like you know, your your house party like DJ these days, you know, with people coming up and requesting the same like shit song that's popular right now. It would just—it would just be—it would be a tough gig. I'm like a, I'm like the I'm like a music Nazi. So it's like I like what I like and I don't like what I don't like. And I just—I just, I was, I was I was found it funny with my a few of my friends that were DJs that were like, I just, like I should I put this record in the crate? I was like, dude, don't even put the record in the crate. Like, just don't take it. <laughs> yeah, there was once back in college when Dave got a gig at this gay part house party and. I went with him both to support him, but also I kept on hoping that there would be a lot of hot lesbians there who were like making out with each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think there was this one girl there who was kind of cute and like her friends kept on lifting up her skirt. And so I was just like sitting on the side, very amused. I'm like, yes, I could be here all night. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting one. The, uh, the, the guy who was in charge of the uh, party, the, the guy who was the homeowner, got really trashed and then wanted me to stay much later than he had originally asked me to stay. The problem was um, is that I was, uh, uh, is that I had, uh, I believe I had midterms the following day. And so I told them I had to go. Um, then he got really angry with me and started yelling at me. And I had people, uh, I had a, I had a bin, a plastic bin that had all my extension cords and RCA cables in it. And, uh, these idiots thought that that was the garbage can. So they were dumping half drinking alcohol you know uh just mixed drinks in this bin that was full of cables and so at the end of the night i had this liquefied sticky bin of dj cables that i had to deal with it was it was it was horrific <laughs> time for some new rca cables yeah exactly <laughs> um believe it or not i actually still have one of those extension cords here i use it in my garage but it is not looking so hot at this point uh, I, I guess that that would be about 20, maybe 15 years later holy shit that's uh it's been a while so <laughs> did you ever throw away that pair of headphones that you lent that one really heavy set dj and he lent this guy who was like 300 pounds a set of like 200 headphones and the guy sweat profusely into it while he was like rolling on ecstasy <laughs> and yeah it was, it was pretty disgusting it was uh, i got the headphones back and they were just soaked in this guy's disgusting stench so i actually ended up throwing the the uh the headphones in the garbage the whole thing just because it was just it wasn't just the headphone pads it was it was the top pad which doesn't come off and um like basically anything that was leather on those headphones was was trash and they were basically made com almost completely out of leather <laughs> that's funny you, you, saw, <laughs> you saw that those things were a goner like halfway through a set you're like yeah i'm not gonna really yeah well <laughs> it's funny i tried to be optimistic and i tried to put them on but i almost threw up doing so so then i threw them out <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Has anybody ever ruined your headsets like that, Danny? Uh, not that, not that, not to that point. Although it's it's funny. It's like I was playing. My band used to, you know, we'd play around like the LA clubs and stuff. And uh, it's definitely one of those one of those where, where it crosses your mind that you're, as you're playing like the whiskey and the Roxy. It's like how many dirt bags have used this microphone that I'm about to like, you know, you know, put put. In, a, in the general vicinity near my mouth, you know, maybe I'll just, uh, so I, I like always like cut the top of the microphone because it's, if you think about it, it's pretty fucking gross. But yeah, good thing you didn't lend your headphones to any heavy dude. Imagine if you lent Michael Ray Bauer your headphones. I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with my headphones. I don't really, it's, it's nothing that's ever crossed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, Michael Ray Bauer was Donkey Lips and Salute Your Shorts, the absolute hilarious, lovable, sometimes bully. 
Gotcha. He's all over the place. Yeah, but yeah, he was a big guy. He was the one who was always cracking jokes. And but yeah, what was your favorite? Your favorite sort of like uh, like era of 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 like of music. Um, you got I, like and like all of that stuff. Um, like so, did you like? I mean, that's kind of trippy and enjoyable, I guess. But I mean, or music. Like a fan of the hip hop and the rap. I mean, what was the just sort of where you went, man? Everybody, they had it all together, right? Then. Definitely. I um, I mean, growing up, I uh, growing up where I grew up, there was almost no. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously, electronic music really wasn't big until um, you know, in the U.S. until you know, anywhere from two thousand nine to two thousand twelve, depending on where you live geographically. So. I think for me, that time period was the most exciting because it was music that I've always loved and it was finally getting popular in, yeah. in the U.S. Um, rather than, um, you know, um, it, because I grew up, uh, you know, being a hip-hop DJ, learning turntablism, but that's really because I had no choice. Um, right. I, uh, I, I didn't have the ability or, you know... Um, to uh, to really listen or play anything else because there was no market for it, right? So I think that um, basically my the uh, you know my real passion lies with uh, dance music and when I saw that kind of bloom and flourish and uh, I think what also adds to someone's you know favorite type of music is the memories and nostalgia that go along with it. Um, yeah. Did we lose you? Oh, hello. Hello. Um, so the memories and nostalgia that go along with it and uh, the, uh, the ability for someone to look back and say that was, you know, I, I can connect with this song because I can smell the smells. I can hear, you know, I can, I can hear certain sounds in the background. It reminds me of this one instance with this one girl, this one time. And it was, it was just, you know, an, an amazing time in my life. Um, and um, I, um, I I think one of the reasons that I love that time period so much, basically 2009 to 2012, is because in 2011, I opened the first electronic music nightclub in northern Arizona in this uh, county called Yavapai County. So we were the only place that played electronic music for uh, about a 90-mile radius. And, um, it was, uh, it was a lot, it was a great time. It was a lot of fun, made a lot of money. And, um, it was, um, it was kind of a carefree time in my life. And so when I kind of hear the music that I used, that I played during that time period, I look back and I, I, uh, you know, think how, how amazing that time was. Yeah. yeah it must have been interesting. I definitely long for those days too. Those days were just so like carefree back in our twenties, where we didn't have to worry about wake up every day and be like, "Okay, what do we need to get done today?" We sort of took life as it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I did that until I was twenty-six, and that is when I had my daughter, and then pretty much my life. Changed after uh, 
after I had her, I, I kind of, it was kind of premature for me because I, I went from, uh, I went from, you know, basically being very, very immature and uh, not really giving a shit about anything to uh, basically uh, just, uh, you know, basically pushing forward in all areas of my life to make sure that I was covering the bases for my kid as uh, she got older. And it's funny because, uh, you know, I'm 35 and 26 when my daughter was born. Uh, after, I mean, that was the year that I started actually doing shit with my life. Um, <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of being a productive human being, I uh, really didn't do anything productive until I was 26. So in the last nine years, I've done more with my life than I had, you know, in, in the last 20 years before that which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, it, the half hour's coming up, so I just got to cl click stop recording real quick, and then I'll click it right back on. So hold on one sec. Cool. All right, we're back. So, yeah, you were talking about um, how much your life has changed during um, your daughter's years. Yeah, um... I mean, basically, uh, it's, uh, I've, I've gone from, uh, kind of not really caring about anything and, uh, you know, just basically just party all the time. Um, and my priorities were lying in, you know, I think relationships with women and, uh, you know, um, basically just how messed up I could get and going out all the time. And, uh, now it's, uh, basically how can I, you know, be the most productive human being I can be while still following my dreams and, and push my dreams so that I can really kind of lay a foundation for my daughter and make sure that she has what she needs as she grows up. So um, that's definitely a, a, a complete turnaround from uh, the way I used to be. Um, you know, very, very carefree in, in my, uh, you know, early and mid twenties and before that. So, um, it's definitely, uh, and I know that that's not the case for everyone. A lot of people have kids and they just, you know, um, for lack, I mean, excuse me, but you know, for lack of better words, I mean, I was just thinking about this this morning. Um, a lot of people, you know, have kids and they're still terrible people. <laughs> um, and they don't change at all or they, you know, just keep doing what they're doing. And, uh, you know, and then their kids grow up and have issues and resent them for, uh, you know, not caring about them growing up. But uh, for me, it was a complete turnaround. And I, uh, I'm just, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm also grateful that I had that kind of epiphany rather than just being a shitty dad for, you know, the next uh, 15, you know, 20, I guess, you know, forever since she's going to outlive me. So. Thank <laughs> you, hope, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. How old are you? Have, uh, how many kids? Uh, I just have one. Um, she's uh, nine years old now. Nice. I have a I have a ten year old and a and a and a twenty three twenty two twenty three. Wow. Oh wow. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The twenty. I told him before he knows it, we'll be calling him Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, gr Grandpa Budnick or Grandpa <laughs> Stoop Kid. Want to be yeah. Um, that's crazy. So, yeah, life is life is crazy like that. It's uh, you know, 
having 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 kids is 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 the the most rewarding or most rewarding thing you could that you never imagined that you would feel until you until it happened. I 100% agree with you, and I'm really glad that you say that. Just, I mean, you know, not everyone thinks that, but I'm really glad that you say that, and I agree with that. It's it's, it's wild. It's it's like uh, it's funny. You'll get your child like like uh, wonder back in those moments. It's like, my 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 son yesterday was he was like he had a donut before school. And it's like I forgot like the excitement. <laughs> Over a donut is it was just amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and the energy it provided, I just went like, man, I, maybe I should be, I should eat more donuts because I, like, I've never seen energy like that. I was, I felt bad for his future. I was like, oh boy, he's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I um, what's it called? We definitely, when we were that age, we did not take anything for granted. We basically the little things were enough to excite us. And now if nothing really exciting is happening in our lives, we feel so lost as adults. I, I'm excited for naps. That's what I'm excited. I'm like, hmm, can I squeeze in an hour nap uh, over here? That's that's what gets me excited. Yeah. I, I, I feel like... Uh, I don't know, I just have so much shit going on on a regular basis, and I have a never-ending uh, list of things to do. Like right now, I think I have a list of about 55 things that I haven't done in the last two weeks that need to be done uh, immediately. And uh, obviously, I'm not going to get all those things done today because after this, I'm prepping for my gig. And so um, I, I guess all I'm saying is that um, – I value things like naps as well, just because I always have so much going on and so many things on a, on a to-do list that the uh, little things are actually very nice now. <laughs> yeah. yeah not, so that's interesting. So prepping, like uh, you don't have to schlep records around anymore. So it's like, you know, you got to, you go through like a whole set. I mean, what is, what is that? What does that look like now in this day, this day and age in technology? Well, I have a USB drive which has, you know, which is basically organized into playlists, kind of like you have playlists on iTunes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I probably, I think I have about 20 playlists, and each playlist has anywhere between 30 and 100 songs. And so I have all those on a USB drive for different, you know, basically arranged uh, for different types of events and uh sometimes i make playlists specific to the event which i did for this event because it's very uh you know it's supposed to be robots cyberpunk uh kind of sci-fi and, and um you know they're gonna have they're gonna have old two tvs there playing uh you know like godzilla and stuff like very kind of like dystopian uh, yeah. stuff going on and so <laughs> and so this, this is obviously a very unique gig and so i put together a playlist specifically for this gig and then basically what i do is i just have to go through it um you know my my the dj set uh at, as they say is is an hour long 60 minutes and you know it's it's comprised of you know about 25 to 30 songs and so i just need to sit there and go through it um, you know, which basically takes, it takes an hour to do it every time. And so I, you know, if I'm practicing for an hour set, I usually practice for 
like three times over and basically just make sure that I'm fluent with all the songs. I know when to mix them in. I know when I can scratch. I know when I can, you know, loop certain things and uh, basically just make it sound a lot more cool than it would if I was just playing it off of an iPad. <laughs> and you got to dig up, you got to, you know, you got to take the time to dig up, dig up the songs. That's exactly right. And in research what to play first, yes. <laughs> yeah, he used to get a lot of gigs at Reeves back in the day when he lived here. We used to go to a lot of different Reeve clubs for him to perform. So what, there was, what, uh, what cut did you pull out that you yank out of the uh, you know, the dustbin to bring to bring back that you were excited about? Oh, oh. for for tonight? Yeah, I can throw this in. Yeah, um, so there's a, uh, it's funny, it's funny you say that because I actually do enjoy doing that a lot. I, um, uh, basically every DJ set, I, I have at least one track that's like kind of like an, a, 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 you know, much older than all the other music that I, you know, bring back for nostalgia reasons. Uh, uh, that track today, um, let's see, I have, uh, I'm actually playing some, uh, old school Rabbit in the Moon uh, 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 music. Um, they, they were actually, they got their, I believe they got their start in, uh, in Florida. And, um, I've seen them several times perform. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they've been around for, I believe 25 to 28 years. And so, um, some of their older stuff, um, you, you know, from, I believe about 28 years ago, that's what I'll be playing tonight. Um, just cause it'll definitely fit. So. Yeah, we saw them live, remember, at Club Revolution in Fort Lauderdale? Yes, that was a fun show. Rabbit in the Moon. Yeah, I missed that one. Look, look them up on Google. They, 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 they have an extremely interesting and cool live performance thing that they do. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll check that out. Yeah, it's, um, their whole, th their whole theme is, uh, it's, I think they, what they call it is an audiovisual, uh, an audiovisual overdrive of uh, stimulation or, or something along those lines. And basically, it's supposed to be basically making you feel like you're rolling on ecstasy, uh, even though you're not. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I've literally, I've, I've literally gotten. I think I've reached the point where, where I went like, all right, I'm old. Um, <laughs> Musically, I've turned into my grandparents musically. It's, it's pretty. It's like the volume of, of things of things now is just like so. It's just like I've never heard. A few years ago, I was in Atlantic City and went to go see uh, Post Malone, and and the volume of the bass, it just it made me want to shit. It was <laughs> so it was so intense. I was like, holy shit! Like I can't, I, like I can't think. I feel like. I was just numbed by the whole experience. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, something I will definitely never do ever is get tattoos on my face. That is that is out for me. What the base? Oh no, uh, tattoos on my face. You know how he has tattoos on his face? I, I have no tattoos on my face. Yeah, I, I I'm definitely not getting any tattoos on my face ever. That is that is out. <laughs> Dan, uh, tattoos on your face? Um, nah, not for me. I don't. I actually don't even have any right now. I just, it's, for me, they're too expensive. They're a waste of money. That it's like fifty bucks for a tiny one. 
I think Stitches Stitches uh, had a good line. Uh, the, he, Stitches is this rapper uh, from Dade County, and uh, he had this he has this line that goes, uh, "I got an AK-47 on my face, ho, so you know I don't shoot no pistol." So uh, yeah, uh, that that's something right there. I, I'll tell you, that's deep. <laughs> oh man, remember all the songs we used to make fun of the bad rap songs from back in the day like i think it was that group ugk they had that one terrible rap song hairy asshole that you would play a lot oh that was a trip yeah the song went something like um she's young round stacked and she 20 years old when she pop it from behind you see the hairy asshole <laughs> Does it remind you of any of your former partners? Did any of them have a hairy asshole when you pop it from the back? That's so funny. And yeah. You can like recall that line on like, you know, you're like, ah, I got that whole, I got that whole line. Yeah. Yeah, we used to make fun of the song Ice Cream Paint Job a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a terrible one. And, you know, my wife now... I guess her ex-boyfriend was obsessed with that song, and so she, she can't stand that song. And so now I really can't ever uh, talk about that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that song, we used to we used to watch a lot of YouTube videos. Like, remember the My New Haircut videos? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's classic YouTube. That's, uh, uh, it, it, it's funny. Like, I was talking to this, this, this guy who's... Uh, this guy who's like 23 the other day, and he's like, "Oh, that's old school YouTube. That's that's like uh, that's like grandpa YouTube." And I'm like, "Bitch, what are you talking about? YouTube's only been around for like 20 years." <laughs> <laughs> Those were the guys who would gel their hair down and everything, and they're they're like, "You know what this is? This is my new fucking haircut." <laughs> <laughs> That reminded me of uh, uh, that guy Josh who used to live in our apartment complex. Oh yeah, him. Josh? <laughs> yeah, he was a trip. Yeah, yeah. There, there was this guy Josh. He called himself Josh Fox. He called himself a a a YouTube celebrity at the time. He was ahead of his time, I guess. But basically, he worked as an ice cream scooper at an ice cream shop. Drove an old white bmw but always bragged about how he drove a bmw even though it was super old and uh basically uh picked up uh high school girls even though he was in his 30s at the time uh when he was working at the ice cream shop to uh have sex with while he was working there it was a pretty skeevy uh skeevy thing going on but uh he was very impressed with himself <laughs> yeah we knew on youtube uh, and I think he is on YouTube. Yeah, I, I think if you search Josh Fox with two X's, and I know that his brother Joey Sexton is on YouTube. He has this. Uh, he, he he tried to become a rapper about ten years ago. He has some really bad music videos out. But yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely one of the crazy ones we knew. Um, but yeah, ooh, what's it called? Going back to that gay guy who shaved the guys eyebrow that same guy i'll never forget what he did to get back at this one ex of both mine and i think dave he also dated sarah at one point i'll never forget he was so 
upset about the way that she treated us that to get back at her, he took a shit on her porch. Wait, who was that? Carrie. He t- oh my god. Yeah, he took a shit on Sarah's porch. <laughs> I feel like that's like not even like, I don't even know what to say about that. That's, uh, that's like a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, it was funny then. That was when she was living next door to Matt and then Matt, the the next day, she's like to Matt, I noticed there's an anthill on my porch. (laughs) Anthill? Yeah, she thought the pile of shit was an anthill. (laughs) That's hilarious. Eventually, she didn't try kicking it. (laughs) Then eventually, he told her, I think, and um, afterwards, she started calling up a couple of Carrie's friends bitching about him, and at first, they're like, why? What did he do to you? He shit on my porch. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially, especially when it happens to a person like that. <laughs> I'd say uh, I, I, I had a... Uh, now, I, I, when I was working at, uh, at uh, Safeway, I was a uh, frozen food manager. This was when I was in, uh, this was right when my daughter was born. I was a fro- frozen food manager at uh, Safeway. And I would do that <clears throat> from 3 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day of the week. Well, not every day, five days a week. And then four days a week, I'd be DJing at the club from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. And so basically, I was sleeping during the day. Um, but um, the, the point of the story is that uh, I had a uh, I had a coworker who was uh, quitting, and he was not happy with uh, Safeway or my bosses at all. And so he decided that he was going to take an upper decker in the uh, toilet in the uh, in the upstairs. Uh, are you guys familiar with what that is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the the general manager who he hated, uh, I guess this was kind of like what he planned on ha- happening because no one else wanted to touch it. So the general manager had to put on gloves and scoop it out with his hands. He was not excited. <laughs> oh. Yeah, those, those uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of effort to get that back to normal. The upper decker, right? <laughs> Yeah, luckily, I never had a job where I've had to do that before. I know that would fucking suck. Um, it reminds me of this old Man Show episode where they put um a hidden camera in the public toilet and they stuck a fake turd. They put yellow food coloring toilet paper and in between the turd and paper, they stuck a $50 bill and... We're on the camera watching to see which guys actually reached for the 50 bucks. <laughs> That's funny. That's crazy. I, I don't know. $50 is not enough for me. I just flushed that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were a few who they saw who did start to reach for it, and then they gave up like halfway through. They're like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. That's funny. <laughs> That's so fun. But actually, they were the smartest ones because it wasn't it wasn't actually poop. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, it was like one of the fake ones you get from, I guess, like Spencer Gifts, but they put in yellow food coloring to make it look like it was covered in urine. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that does not sit well with me right now. <laughs> oh, God, I hope I didn't cause you to lose your lunch. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you realize how you get one of those sensitive stomachs, you can't control it. Right? I have I have the Jewish tummy, so it's uh, very, very sensitive. <laughs> Too bad you didn't have Stoop Kid's stomach. Stoop Kid clearly never had to piss or shit. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. You just sat on the stoop. Yeah. He was a cartoon, so that helps. <laughs> yeah, that's what kept him alive without... Well, then again, he didn't have to eat either, I guess, so he had nothing to shit out anyway. Very true, very true. That, 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 that's, a, that's a good point. I had a... Uh, um, I, was, uh, I was talking uh, with uh, uh, my friend who just got the new Halo game, the one that, you know, is... Um, I guess, uh, RPG sort of, um, uh, and, um, it's, uh, they were saying how there's this one captain who pisses in a suit and it's actually disclosed by the creators of Halo that this guy doesn't have the time to, you know, worry about things like going to the bathroom. So he just pisses in his spacesuit. suit. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that South Park episode where they were all playing World of Warcraft and Cartman had his mom bring in the toilet bowl for him. It's <laughs> <laughs> disgusting, but yes, I remember that. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that's quite something. But yeah, quite a lot of the raves that you got gigs at back in the day were quite interesting. I remember I was always like the designated sober guy looking at other people who, with the makeup they were wearing, they looked like something out of The Lion King. Do you remember, uh, you know, it's just, it's just gotten more interesting over time. Like, now, when you go to raves, it honestly, I mean, most most people are getting their rave outfits at like the hustler store, um, you know, like at sex stores, they're not, they're, you know, they don't hold anything back. And, uh, basically people are just walking around in lingerie, um, which is, um, kind of, uh, you know, a, a new development just because I remember when, when, when you and I would go and I would DJ raves back in the day, people would wear pants. There's no pants now at raves. Everyone's pantsless. Yeah, I do remember there were other times like that where, oh God, awkward moments where there would be cross-dressers at some of the raves who'd be wearing wigs and their chests were big enough that they looked like they had tits. So I would see all these like scantily clad, what I didn't know was dudes, what I thought were chicks wearing thongs and stuff. And at first I was turned on and then... I, as I would start to walk up, I'd realize that was a dude. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I, I, I just kind of left it at, uh, you know, everyone, you know, can be their own person. And, uh, um, 
I, uh, I just didn't. Want, I, I, I guess I, I didn't, and I don't look too much into it. Uh, you know, just everyone can uh, express themselves and be their own person. That's what. That's honestly what drew me to uh, the rave scene in the first place. Is because I mean, the idea of the rave scene is it's supposed to be basically an all-inclusive place for everybody. So. Oh yeah, and all the more power to them. I'm really glad that it was like a live and let live environment. I just. I, I always felt so stupid be, when I would realize that um it was a dude that I was just checking out from the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 can definitely be confusing, and that's still confusing, man. There are some really hot, uh, you know, men who identify as women, and uh, or or I guess now in 2021 they're you know it's, it's just women so i mean there's some really hot women out there um you know as long as everyone's up front with who they are and you know their intentions and everything i think it's fine i actually am glad though that i'm not dating in 2021 because i had a friend who uh, uh recently went on a tinder date with uh a very attractive female who turned out to uh, you know, didn't, didn't, you know, tell him ahead of time that she, uh, that she still had, uh, male parts. And so, uh, that, that was obviously the end of that day. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think that as long as people are upfront and that person obviously was not upfront at all. And, um, so that was, uh, and so that's something that I definitely, I'm, I'm glad that I am missing out on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what's it called? And so, uh, who won't get fooled again in your set tonight? You know, as a as a uh, as a memorial to this uh, statement. <laughs> I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said you'll have to throw the who's won't get fooled again. You know, yes. That into your set. Yes, yes, I'll have to find an acapella of that. That sounds that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> so yeah, um, what? Yeah, I actually have a gig tonight too. I got one of my comedy gigs down in the in Hollywood, Hollywood, Florida. For those listening, not Danny's Hollywood. Nice, Hollywood. Oh, hey, that's awesome. Uh, where, where, and where's your gig at tonight? Um, it's in Hollywood and Young Circle near where all the shops and stuff are, but, um, it's at this Kava bar, um, and it, it, a good friend of mine is the one who owns the place. I got a lineup of about seven comics, including a really good headliner tonight. Definitely. That, that, that sounds awesome. Um, uh, does everyone want to real quick just plug their uh, plug their stuff real quick for any for anyone listening who's interested in finding all of us? Yeah, go ahead. Plug away. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so um, uh, basically, my mine's pretty simple. It's not your shadow. Three words: not your shadow. dot com. Not your shadow. dot com. Um, and if uh, anyone is uh, going to check it out right this instant as we're recording. They will find out that the site is down, but it will be up by next week, and then it will have all the links to everything else that I do on there. Um, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, don't piss off your IT guy 
I did that and um, I, I got my website data handed over to me and uh, you know I don't know I can't prove you know what exactly happened in that transaction but my passwords were handed over to me and then all of a sudden my website was down and then all of a sudden all my data was gone and so now I'm having my website uh, completely rebuilt from scratch because somehow all my data got deleted and the the my my old IT guy who I had a falling out with was telling me that he didn't do anything to it I don't I I can't, I can't prove one way or the other but uh I, I do know that it would be have been a hell of a lot easier if I hadn't pissed him off in the first place. So I think a good rule of thumb, don't piss off your IT guy. <laughs> you know, not, not in this age. Mm -hmm. There's way too much that can go wrong. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, Danny's actually my comedy mentor. Danny's the one who helps me write jokes each week. And Oh, okay, very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I found... Well, it's so funny how... All it took was me having a great memory and writing a status about Salute Your Shorts on a Nickelodeon fan page we both happened to be a member of. And for him, it caught his attention because I remembered he, he didn't remember any of the details that I was describing. That's awesome. I, I, uh, I, I'm curious, uh, what do you guys think about all this cancel culture that's going on right now? Because, you know, we've been kind of tiptoeing around a lot of subjects, but uh, I'm, I'm just kind of curious what you guys think of it as a whole. <laughs> All right. Um, hold on. I just got to click stop recording real quick, and I'm going to click it right back on again. Yeah. No. All right. We're back. So, yeah, um, regarding cancel culture, honestly, um, I think that parts of it I'm, I'm cool with, but other parts I think are just ridiculous like for example the fact that they're canceling all these things that are literally completely irrelevant now such as pepe Le Pew. i'm like looney tunes hasn't been on the air for like what 20 years i mean what are they you know what's hilarious um you know what is so funny about that and that you say that is that I have old Bugs Bunny cartoons from the 60s, and they are rated mature now on Apple TV. So my kid is not able to watch them because obviously I don't want her watching R-rated movies because she's nine, and so um, she's not she's not able to watch them because they're all these cartoons are rated mature now, even though they're cartoons. And I used to watch them when I was a kid. They were real. I don't think a lot of those like initially were not necessarily made for children anyway. You're right. You're yeah. right. They were just on a children's network, like Cartoon Network. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. They were not made, meant for children in the first place. Um, you're right. You're right. I think that you, you're 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 totally correct. Um, it, it's kind of like a comic book for the day or something. Yeah, it was like I think they used to play them in front of like uh, movie trailers and stuff. That's like that. right. So they weren't necessarily made for 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 child consumption. But I, you know, I think the whole thing. I think it, it's. Uh, it, it sort of sucks, but I, I think a lot of it, there's there's good things and there's bad things. It's like, obviously, not to be insulting, but I think that the uh, the sort of the fine, the, we need to find a, a fine, uh, a, a more defined uh, line. Because, you know, especially for things like comedy and, and social commentary and things like that, um, you, you need to sort of have that edge. But as long as you're not insulting. 
funny. You know, it's like now people are getting into trouble for, you know, something they were just trying to be funny or trying to be, you know, it wasn't necessarily um, with, with ill intent, you know? Yeah. You know? Well, and also with Dr. Seuss, I mean, it's like, um, Dr. Seuss has been dead for 30 years. Why all of a sudden now when his books have like no relevancy, are we going to cancel him? I mean, I can understand people not wanting to read those books that had those like epithets in them. But I mean, what good is canceling him at this point going to do since it's not like his books are really being bought anymore anyway? That's very true. Well, thank you both for uh, having me so much, and I really appreciate the you know you guys taking the time, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Oh yeah, Absolutely. yeah, always. I mean, it's always so great to bring new meat on here, especially those who are doing a lot of big things with their lives, the way that you've really been doing a lot with your life over these years. I mean. I've seen you go from a huge college party animal to um, a very well-off, um, respectable family man and high, a big-time DJ. And well, thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you, Dan. Thank you. And and I, you know, I I I've seen you grow so much over the years as well. And uh, you, you know, you you <laughs> you have come you've come light years from. I mean, we both have so. But yeah, when I first um, was living here the first few years, I didn't, I myself had doubts if I was going to survive on my own and if I could do it with a minimal amount of help. And the fact that now I can say that I started out homeless for months, um, having to live off items from the dollar menu without a car or anything, working a bullshit job, and that now... I actually have a full-time job, a one-bedroom apartment. I'm I'm hosting two comedy shows and have a podcast. I'm like, wow! At least I built myself up from a tightrope. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. And and yeah, I mean, and the fact that you and I had to both go through major hardships to get to where we are now goes to show that we're truly like warriors. The fact that we were able to build a tight rope out of twine. I, I had a, um, I yeah. Hmm. Oh no. Uh, never mind. But yeah, cause we both build a tight rope out of twine. I mean, it makes me feel better than, than, than if I had everything handed to me and would have succeeded anyway, because then I wouldn't feel so much like I earned it. 100%. I feel the same way, man. All right, well, thank you both so much. All right, you guys, have a good day. Thank you, right, you too. Care. And this wraps up another episode of Vanilla Weiss and the Nostalgic Nerds. Till next time, thank you for tuning in. Good night. Good night. Good night.